We talk about the players that are trending up in fall camp and why everybody should be excited about what is happening, especially offensively. We are drinking all of the Kool-Aid today. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Also, hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free white tech hat with every purchase you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise i am very excited about the way this fall campus started you know the title of yesterday's episode you can you know that i'm going to be excited about what's going on all of these things are happening and and a lot of my opinions are now being picked up by other people that are also talking about what is happening and i'm all excited about all of that stuff But there's two players that we need to donate attention to just for a few minutes because right now they are probably winning fall camp. And let's start off with Jackson Dart. Yes, I know. We've talked about Jackson Dart nearly every episode for about a year. Well, we're going to continue to do that. You got tweets here from David Johnson, Chuck Roundsville, and the Grove Report talking about how well Jackson Dart is performing in camp so far. And it's not just that he's performing well. It's that he's performing well and ahead of a quarterback room that is arguably the best in the country. A four-year starter, former Big 12 freshman of the year is the one breathing down his neck. Two five-stars essentially waiting in the wings. They're all fighting for reps. But all that has happened during this situation is Jackson Dart has only taken a rep with the first-team unit. He hasn't even taken a second-team rep. And if he hasn't done that, there's not a quarterback competition. If the other one is getting first-team reps, which he might be happening, that could be happening. Jackson Dart not taking a first-team or second-team rep and another person taking a first-team rep, both of those things can be true. So we should understand and be appreciative of what Jackson Dart has obviously done in the offseason. We are all looking forward to what he is going to look like when he comes out on the field against Mercer. We are all ready to see what's going on. I think he threw a pick yesterday, and it may have been his first or second pick of fall camp. And this was after one interception during spring practice. You have somebody that is not turning over the football, period. He's not turning it over. He is protecting the ball. And that is important for a quarterback that in high school threw four interceptions over three years or something like that, some some ludicrous. That might have been a senior year. I could have the um, statistics wrong there. But either way, he didn't turn the ball over much. So we'll see what happens. Jackson Dart, we've said since the beginning, is an unbelievable, unbelievably toolsy quarterback. We also admit that he came from the air raid into a normal college offense, and there's a transition there. Quarterback has played differently from the air raid over to an RPO system or even to what – Appalachian State's doing, or even what LSU's doing. 
the offenses are different, but the air raid does not just naturally, for whatever reason, fold into that. There's going to take some things to be unlearned for that person to be an effective quarterback, and Jackson Dart went through that last year. So we'll see exactly what happens there. The other player that is making just a name for himself is Aiden Williams. Got a tweet here from Ole Miss football, Brad Logan and Ben Garrett, basically two of which calls Aiden Williams special, including the official Ole Miss football account, because Aiden Williams is special. They quoted Lane Kiffin talking about the talented wide receiver. He is a good player. He fits with wearing the number one jersey. He is absolutely flashed. He's a person that you put him in one-on-one, he is absolutely going to cook you. Um, to give you an example, during the Under Armour All-American game, and there's a, hey, I still got a couple more weeks where I can go back to that memory to talk about Aiden Williams. He was lined up on Cormani McLean. And Cormani McLean was the second or third rated cornerback prospect or player in the country. Um, Miami at that point was fighting for him. They thought he was going to get him. I think he might have been committed at that point, but there was starting to be smoke or something going on and then all of a sudden Dion goes out to Colorado and gets him but the point of the story is there's a rep in the game in the Under Armour All-American game and I, it might be on YouTube if y'all want to look this up where Aiden Williams does a double move and absolutely cooks Kamani, Kamani McClain I mean it, it was it wasn't fair and this is one of the top players in his class in the country and if he does that there and he's doing that at Ole Miss, you can see exactly what's on hand with this new number one jersey at Ole Miss. Now, I think he has a chance to be unbelievably special at Ole Miss. And I believe that this year is potentially going to look like A.J. Brown did in 2016. That could be the production levels of this season. It's just one of those things. When players come into college, you just don't know how they're going to react when the lights come on. But I could see a situation like 2016, although I could see something similar to, was it Dante Moncrief as a freshman came in and played a good bit that first year. He, that could happen as well. Now we're going to talk about um, some award finalists like Quinshawn Judkins is on the watch list for the Maxwell award for the best player in college football. Eli Manning won that after he got spurned for the Heisman. Um, He's also a, um, on the watch list for the Doke Walker. If you look at other players that are on watch list, you have these guys. On the Blentnikoff, you have Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris on the Blentnikoff watch list. If you look at the John Mackey list, that's the tight end ward. You've got Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg. And you have an offensive line that, yes, you lost Nick Broker to the NFL. You returned four starters. And the person that you brought on to replace him was an all-conference player. And you also have a Quincy McGee from UAB. You've got good players. Eli Acker, who was a starter at the beginning of last season, moving in and fighting for his job as well. The offense has a chance to be really, really special for Ole Miss football. I, I, I mean, uh, it, seriously, it's time to drink the Kool-Aid, people, on this one. It's time to get the hopes up. It's time to talk about what this offense can be. Because let me tell you just a little story right now, a little hypothetical that's been going through my head. If Jackson Dart is not turning over the football and is efficient playing quarterback, 
you have a potential winner of the player of the year, essentially, in college football at running back. You have two wide receivers that are competing for the best wide receiver in college football. You have two tight ends that are competing for the best two tight end or the best tight end in college football. And you return four players off of an offensive line that averaged more yards than anybody that's not a service academy. I want somebody to look me in the eyes and say, if that happens, Ole Miss is just a mediocre team. They're just, they're just an also ran. If they're doing that, they're going to say it anyway. Because you've had articles from Yahoo asking if Jackson Dart's the third best quarterback in this class. And you've got talent all over the field. Even behind Quinshawn Judkins, you've got Ulysses Bentley IV, who was an all-conference player in the American Conference. That happened. That's a real thing. He broke his arm last year, I believe. But that is on his resume. You've got Jam Griffin, who I really, really like as somebody that can fill in deep down the depth chart and be honestly pretty good. If you want to think of a comparison as far as production, Henry Parrish, I mean, that would probably be a good good way to look at production. Now, stylistically, I do think he runs, plays the game a little bit like Marius Jones drew. I think it's just because he's his height is not, he's not a very tall person. He's up around 215, 210, something like that. I think he has a chance to be a good player. And then you have Kedra Griscano, who was an MVP of the Polynesian Bowl. And a running back going over 100 yards in an all-star game, you need to perk up and pay attention when that happens because that does not happen very often. The last time I can remember it happened was Jerry and Ely. And Jerry and Ely made plays for us all the time. So it is what it is. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to introduce the initial Locked On Top 25 preseason poll. I'll let you know where the Rebels are ranked. I'll let you know who I think is overranked and anybody that I see that doesn't match where my poll was. So stick around for that. We also have some viewer mail coming up in a little bit. We're going to talk about Caden Prescorn, and we're going to talk about kickers. It's time the specialists get their due. So anyway, stick around for that. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on the Super Bowl, you can get bonus bets every time they win a game during the regular season. That's pretty cool, actually. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads and player props and over-unders and things like that. So visit FanDuel.com to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash on. We've got our odds coming up in the fall. That's already been built. The graphic has been done. I'm pretty fired up about that. Once we get into game week, we might see it in week zero. But you'll also have an opportunity, you know, to find out what's going on through our partnership with SiriusXM. You want to find out where Ole Miss is playing? Tune into the podcast. I'll let you know what SiriusXM channel they're playing on. You can catch our podcast on the SiriusXM app as well. So we are there at the moment as well. So. Be pretty fired up about a lot of stuff that is coming up from Locked On Ole Miss over the course of this season. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every single day. Hey, we live in a world right now where everybody has polls. Everybody is doing polls and locked on is no different. We have our inaugural preseason top 25 poll in which the Rebels come in ranked number 21. Georgia is the leader in the clubhouse at number one. I mean, there's no surprise there. I think everybody's thinking Georgia and Michigan, it looks like. I mean, every poll that I see is Georgia and Michigan for whatever reason. Ohio State, I, I, I don't know if they need to be that high, honestly. I like kind of where Alabama is. I think SC is a little bit overrated. Um, LSU, I, I can't determine if LSU is about right or overrated. I like LSU. They have talent. They had a nice three-game stretch against like Ole Miss and Alabama right there at the end of the season where they just kind of looked like a machine. But is that the real team or is that the team we saw in the early part of the season? Uh, that's just something that's bothering me. Penn State, people seem to like Penn State a lot right now. Clemson, you got Cade Klubnik and I think Clemson is surviving a reputation at this point a little bit because after last season, they don't deserve to be here. Although they did win the SEC and got boat raced by Tennessee, but they shouldn't have been ahead of Florida state. Who's nine Florida state for the first time should be the favorite to win the SEC in a while. Washington, decent Texas, believe it or not, Texas might be underrated. Utah, um, cam rising's injured right now and he might be back for Florida. He might not. Now, that said, I don't think they're going to lose to Florida, but that's something to keep an eye on. Tennessee, I think, is overrated. Everybody talks about Joe Milton. This is a quarterback that has lost the job, the starting job that he has won in camp twice in his college career. Um, so he's almost kind of in show-me mode. North Carolina, Notre Dame, they're pretty close to where they need to be. Normally, we get used to seeing Notre Dame in the top 10 this early in the season. They're kind of dropped down. Oregon, kind of where they need to be. Um, Kansas State, yes, I like that. I don't like North Carolina. I think Drake May is going to take a step back because of the um, absence of Phil Longo, and it would be a different style offense. I think TCU is going to take a step back. I think that's overrated as well. Oregon State, like Oregon State. I, th I think they have a chance to be pretty good. Wisconsin, you heard me mention Phil Longo earlier. Um they they're they're in a situation going from what they were doing the Paul Chris stuff to the Phil Longo air raid. I'm kind of curious about that. Ole Miss, like I said, anytime Ole Miss is in a preseason poll between 15 and 25, that's kind of the Goldilocks zone. Um, Oklahoma might be underrated. Texas Tech might be underrated. Iowa, that defense better be dynamic if they're going to be at 24. A&M, honestly, about right. I mean, it's not much you can say about that. They, they, they should be right. A&M at 25, you know, it's kind of hard, hard to argue with that. With all that talent, A&M finishing at 25 and at 8-4 and four because the joke is Texas 8-4, and four, right? If, 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 if that happens, nobody is surprised. The only thing that would surprise people is if Texas A&M dropped another 5-7 and seven or they finished in the top 10. One of those two. If they're in the middle, that's kind of their Goldilocks zone if we are being um, honest about what's going on there. I love the fact that we're doing these polls and you can kind of pay attention to what exactly is going on. I'm also on another podcasters poll that is going to be put out as well. Um, but we're just going to rank what's going on. Ole Miss is fairly high. 
they're at a point where if they win games, they win all their games, they're going to make the playoffs. So sometimes you can lose the season in the preseason rankings. For instance, if Vanderbilt um, went undefeated this year, and yes, I understand what that means, just bear with me. Their preseason ranking is somewhere around 90, which means even their wins and their jumps it's going to get to the point where by the time they get to the top 25, you're like in week eight. By the time they actually start to believe in what's going on, which means I don't know if the playoff is a possibility for them, even in the best case scenario, let's say they go undefeated. I don't know if they can get there. So you can't win a national championship at the beginning of the year, but you can absolutely lose it is my point. And like that, I, I I don't know. Like Arkansas wasn't on that list. Arkansas is supposed to be pretty good. They've got the second best running back in the SEC. Um, one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. It, they didn't they didn't get much love. If you look at it, Ole Miss only plays four teams that are ranked this season in that top twenty five. Now three in the top six, but only four overall. So for the people that look at this schedule as a brutal, yes, that three-game stretch is difficult. But if you look at ESPN FPI, which we do, game by game, Ole Miss is more than a 60% probability favorite over nine of the 12 teams that they play. The teams that they're not are ranked with number one, number four, and number six. And there's over 60% underdogs. There's no toss-ups on the schedule, by the way. None. If you look at it, if you want to play the 50 and 40 percentile toss-up game, no Ole Miss games are in that range. Just need to be careful about understanding things like that because, you know, if you look at the Mississippi State schedule, they are ESPN FBI underdogs in seven of their eight SEC games. And the one that they're a favorite in, they're only a 50.5 probability favorite. The definition of a toss-up. So look at the analytics, look at the eye test. Heck, look at everybody raving about what's going on at Ole Miss's camp. Go off the polls. Understand this season has a chance to be pretty fun. Now, it's like the old coach is at it. Your potential will get me fired. So Ole Miss has to do it. They have to execute it. They have to make the plan into a reality. But if they do that, it could be a lot of fun for a whole lot of people. Anyway, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs make you look good. They're comfortable, stretchy fabric, anti-stink fabric, and they have a nice way of fitting that makes your legs look really toned. Now, whenever I'm walking around the grocery store, I'm not the most attractive person in the world, but I get eye I get eyeballs. I get looks. And it's because those shorts just make my legs look good, and I walk three times a day. So my legs look good. But if you wear bird dogs, you can feel that comfort. You can feel that fit. Hey, you can get those eyeballs. And if you order now, and you go to LockedOn.College and enter promo code LockedOnCollege. You can get a free white tech hat. Here it is right here. And with your order, that's a freebirddogs.com slash LockedOnCollege with promo code LockedOnCollege for a free white tech hat. You want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. And I guarantee you, 
if you take advantage of this. You will be in my comments. You will be in my threads. And you will be talking about how right I was. And it might kill you because we all know that when I'm right, I like to let everybody know. But this will be absolutely the case. And bird dogs will be thankful. And you'll have a set of magnificently fitted, comfortable shorts that are fantastic for walking. If you walk as much as me, just fantastic. You don't even know they're there. So should be pretty fantastic indeed. I said fantastic about six times in a row there. All right. Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And we're going to do a little bit of viewer mail. Now, one thing that has happened, we tend to focus on fall camp about certain things. Certain things pop. We're going to talk about Jackson Dart, which we did in this episode. Episode with Aiden Williams, Trey Harris, Zachary Franklin, Caden Priestcorn, Michael Trigg. All of those are going to pop off the tape. And we didn't talk about defensive players because until full pads go on, it's kind of difficult for players to flash. Now, in a seven on seven, they might make an unbelievable interception or something like that. But once defense and real football starts being played, you will have players start to flash. Now, you have Ladarius Tennyson, who has apparently moved the linebacker, per Chuck Roundsville. Um, and I don't know if that's the hybrid position or if it's if he's playing true linebacker next to like Monty Montgomery. Now, is this a question to maybe Jeremiah Jean Batiste isn't performing as well as you think? Or is it just something where you wanted to find the perfect place to put a player like Ladarius Tennyson? We'll have to find out. We won't find out until Mercer, honestly. Whenever you look at the participation chat chart and the snap counts of players and you look at exactly what goes on, you can you can work out the rotation at that point. Because this is the deep, dark secret that people don't tell you. It doesn't matter where you are. There's about 50 players on the roster that get an abundance of playing time. Anything below that, it's almost negligible. So on an 85 scholarship roster, if you take in the fact that these are the people that are playing for you, these are the people that you are developing, because that, that's what they're for, developing. You can see why they recruit the way they do, why they hit the transfer portal the way they do, why their, you know, their roster construction rules might not make sense at times. Because recruiting to the 85 is a different story than commit, keep recruiting to the 25. And with the transfer portal and everything going on, should be quite interesting indeed. I got off on a little bit of rant right there, but we'll start off. It's like David Gibson, 1970, from the Discord server. How has Priestcorn looked in camp? Now, he hasn't necessarily flashed where he got a ton of people's attention. Um, but I heard that he is playing very well. Lane Kiffin talked about him being elected to the leadership camp um, council almost immediately. He is ranked as a John Mackey um, watch list candidate for the best tight end in the country. He was a semifinalist last year. I think he's going to be fine. I think he is also him being fine was a little bit of the reason for the Michael Trigg thing yesterday or two days ago. And that all kind of works together. But pre being in the offense and being around what's going on 
means that Michael Trigg is a lottery ticket. He has that all-world potential. He has all of that potential. But if it doesn't get tapped, you have this player that can do some really good things. And also because of what he just went through, you have Kyron Heath that's getting valuable reps with the twos and ones at the moment. So that's pretty good. I mean, I'm hearing decent things about Caden Prescorn right now. Other question is, I feel good about Caden Costa returning as a very reliable field goal kicker, but punting was less than ideal last year. Do you think we could see some improvements from Frazier Mason or Charlie Pollock? I imagine Kiffin has more confidence in the defense. He will punt more often on fourth down. Okay, there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Specialists right now that I'm hearing um, would be Caden Costa doing the place kicks. Caden Davis, the transfer from Texas A&M, doing the kickoffs. Frazier Mason doing the punts. Now, at the end of last year, punting was a problem. It just was. Punting was an absolute problem at the end of last season. Frazier Mason has to improve. I think he will. Now, one thing to remember about Mason, he is a former Australian rules football player, which means he is very good and very natural at punting. Maybe we see the advent of rugby-style punting returning to Ole Miss. But all I know is 32 yards a punt and three and a half seconds of hang time is not going to cut it in the punting game. Now, I do think we are going to punt the ball a little bit more this year because I think he's going to have confidence in the defense, and I think the offense is going to allow us to do it. He's not going to feel like he has to score a touchdown every play because the offense is good enough, we'll get it more of a we'll get them next time type mentality. So we'll see. I think anything over fourth and four might be tricky. Um, below that was like how many fourth downs last year were dropped by Casey Kelly? Now, now this isn't about Casey Kelly. This is just about receivers um, that actually affected what we do. And we still went for it. So I don't know if this is a, hey, this is just our DNA type thing or we're going to play real football eventually type thing. I, I, that I'm not 100% sure about. So we'll see. I mean, as long as Lane Kiffin doesn't call the game like he did against Texas Tech, I'm going to be okay. I don't care if he gets stopped on fourth down. That, that's going to happen from time to time. I like that. I care if he's going for every fourth down when he's just trying not to punt. That I do care about that. So we'll see exactly what happens as well. Now, I do want to let you know um, our Discord server right now has been created. It's about a week old at this point, I guess. Um, the link is down in the description. You can join it. Now, people that might go to the Discord server that's been around message boards, it might be a little bit intimidating at first. But if you stick with it and learn how to do it, it is threadable and things like that that you're used to you can make it kind of look like you're familiar, but it does function like a chat-type server. Um, we do a decent job of farming out trolls. People are going to join during open enrollment to, I don't know, try and get a raw, get a reaction out of me. Um, that's the reason during this period it's zero tolerance. But during the football season, I don't know if we'll be more lenient, but um, once we have a good grasp on who exactly is there, we can exactly do that as well. So join the Discord group. Um, it's open. We do Discord live every Tuesday night as part of basically our brand. Last um, two nights ago, 
we did it. It was actually pretty fantastic. We've done over an hour. Both times we've done Discord Live. We never got to 30 minutes, hardly, doing Twitter spaces. So we're pretty fired up about what is becoming. The attendance has been really good, um, but it's just been a fun way to bring over different ideas because we're all about commentary and perspective on this channel. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Every day is coming up on the show. Brad Logan is going to stop by talking fall camp. David Eckert is going to stop by. He's the Clarion Ledger Ole Miss Beach reporter. And um, we actually have an, a tweet, a DM out to um, Michael Katz to try and get him to come on the show as well. We're all about commentary. We're all about perspectives. We want to hear what everybody is saying about college football instead of everybody just listening to what I have to say. That That is kind of the goal of all of this. But anyway, until tomorrow, take care. Hotty toddy.